0: FIFA have just hosted the Men's Football World Cup in Qatar. The legacy of this World Cup will forever be remembered as that of corruption and human rights abuses. It's illegal to be gay in Qatar and LGBTQ plus people are persecuted in the country. So today we're going to turn the spotlight on cricket because it was only 12 months ago that the T20 World Cup was held in the UAE. thank you for joining me on cricket is the winner um i've got here lachlan and matt uh from uh, birmingham unicorns and graces cricket club uh which are the the two first lgbtq plus cricket clubs in england um if you wouldn't mind just saying hello explaining what you do maybe do you bat do you bowl are you a keeper for uh, matt if you can go first
2: um, yep. Yeah, so uh, I'm Matt. I'm from Grace's Cricket Club. Um, generally, tend to to open the batting and occasionally wicket keep when when we're short. Really. So every week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lachlan, nice to meet you. Yes,
1: what so uh, you. what do you do? Uh, so yeah, I'm from Birmingham Unicorns. I'm Lachlan uh, Matt. I have no idea you're a keeper. I'll bear that in mind for next season. If we ever if we ever ever short of a keeper, I've already seen you bat. Um, so what what do I do? I uh, I don't know, am I an all-rounder? I suppose I'm kind of an all-rounder. I sort of bat wherever's needed and and open the bowling or second or third, second change, first change, whatever's whatever's needed, really.
0: Lovely. I describe myself as an all-rounder because I'm as bad with every facet of the game well, as each other. So that's it's the an <laughs> <yourself yeah>. all-rounder <laughs> at our level. It's the same with football. I'm both footed because I'm equally bad on both feet. Um, <laughs> lovely. On the subject of football, uh, have either of you been watching the FIFA World Cup
1: at all?
2: Yes, I've, I've been pretty much glued to it. And, and yeah, I'm, and it's I'm the same there. Op-
1: I'm the complete opposite. I've, w- I've not watched <laughs> any it I mean, I've, no. I've between channels and maybe seeing 30 seconds here and there. But...
0: So you have and haven't been watching it. Have either of you thought about perhaps, I don't know people have been talking about boycotting it. Um, I know that I had thought about it. But then I didn't know whether to didn't know whether the football should do its own talking and you talk about the issues off the field as well as watching the football. Um I know Gary Neville said that he was going to commentate on it to help bring up issues. I'm not sure whether he's done very much of that. Um is that a conversation that's happened, uh, being LGBTQ plus teams within your clubs, whether people would boycott the World Cup?
2: Um, I I'd definitely say from Grace's point of view that it's Definitely something that has been spoken about. Um, in particular, we've got one of one of the players in the club who actually works in sports media and quite often actually in football as commentator. And um, commentates on on football league matches. Commentates on the Women's Super League. Um, and I know that that he had decided to completely boycott the World Cup. He's taken very little um, from it. He, he watches some of the the football in it. Um, but in terms of being offered work as part of it, he's turned all of that down. He's refused to, to look into that. Um, so th- there has been some people who have boycotted it. Um, I think there's, there's some people within the within Graces who are, are not quite as, as into football as, as others. Um, I think those who love the sport really, really well, I think, have, have just carried on uh, watching it. Um, but I think those who have had very strong opinions on it have decided to actually just steer clear a little bit or keep their distance from it.
0: And what's the opinion uh, been up in Birmingham?
1: Um, it's probably similar in a way. I mean, I th- there's certainly members of our club who who are watching it, and, and you know, we're watching it not just England games, but, but you know, any any of the games that are on. I know a couple of people, myself included, who are effectively boycotting it. Um, So I I guess there's a range of opinions, but there's certainly quite a few who, um, are remaining, you know, completely engaged and watching it week in or day in day out.
0: And I think it's tough to separate the football from the political messages when the political messages keep coming so thick and fast. Every game, there's someone, a story of someone not being allowed into a stadium for having something rainbow or. England not being allowed to wear the armband, things like that. People trying to make Germany's defeat the other day about the fact that they made a protest before the game, which wasn't even entirely about LGBTQ plus rights. So it has been quite tough to separate the two. I mean, the whole thing is a shambles anyway, because even down to banning alcohol on the night before the the first game, which we can all survive with no alcohol, I'm sure. Um, But... It, that just is the smallest thing that it was clearly it's just a complete farce the whole thing um, and that brings me on to the subject of cricket in the same way that so in Qatar um, there's appalling human rights abuses uh, and also as well LGBTQ rights are pretty much non-existent in the country um, and yet in cricket last year the ICC T20 uh, the men's competition was hosted in the UAE which has a nearly equal record um, and even the same same uh, lack of LGBTQ plus rights as Qatar. Didn't, but no one had these. I don't know about you two. Um, did anyone have these conversations around the UAE tournament?
2: No. Um, I think very much, I think the the cricket was the biggest discussion amongst all of that. I don't think there was any discussion about it. I don't remember a particular strong conversation about it. Um, I think that the focus had been much more on on the the cricket itself rather than where it's being hosted. Um, I know myself personally. Um, I've thought about maybe looking at Abu Dhabi or Dubai or something like that as a holiday. Um, and would steer absolutely clear of it. I'd never go near the place. Um, but I think yeah, there's a definite. I think with, with cricket, there's a definite look at the sport rather than necessarily anything around it. And I think some some cricket fans can, are so passionate about the game that everything else just tends to be put to one side. I think a lot of the time.
0: And uh, with your club, Loughlin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't, I can't say I remember it coming up specifically uh, last year. but but I, th- I think. You know, cricket does have a problem in that, you know, many of the countries in which cricket is played, uh, LGBTQ rights are generally appalling. Um, But one of the extensions of cricket's problem is that there's so few countries in the world who could actually host these types of tournaments. Now, with football, I think it's different. You know, football have a much greater range of countries in which they can choose to, to, to host World Cups cricket. You know, it's a problem. You know, there's probably ten countries in the world, perhaps who could actually host a cricket tournament of that nature, and of which that of that ten, probably at least half of them have pretty poor. exactly half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that that doesn't make it easy. It's not an. Ex, it doesn't excuse it, but um, it doesn't it doesn't make it uh, as as you know potentially as, as as straightforward. So, you know, but to answer your question, no, I, I don't think it was really discussed. Last year, I mean, I, I know, you know, we, we have members of our club who are from some of those countries uh, where LGBT rights are, are you know appalling um, or non-existent, uh, and they talk to us about uh, that. Um, so it didn't it didn't come up specifically last year during that tournament, but it has come up over the past year as those members have joined us, and we've talked about. You know, why they left the countries that they grew up in and came to the UK. And, you know, their love of cricket is is incredibly powerful. But, you know, they're at risk of persecution, imprisonment uh, and potentially even death in, in some of those countries. So, yeah, it's it's something that cricket does need to grapple with. Yeah.
2: I think going on from, from your point there, Lachlan, particularly with Graces, Graces has been going nearly 30 years now um and it's it's london based and for a lot of the the players particularly in the earlier days of graces it was their their safe space from something in a in a different country that had been the thing that had hounded them almost out of their country there's there's a lot of uh, particularly asian background or asian heritage players for graces who have who are not born in the UK they've come to the UK they've come to London and Graces has been that that safe space for them to actually not only just be a gay person but to still have that love for cricket and it's often spoken about by those players that they don't get they wouldn't have that opportunity they in back in in their home countries they would be a gay man or they would be a cricket player they would never be able to have the opportunity to do both so that
0: that's a question, I suppose. Growing up, do, do you think that uh, gay people in this country might feel like that is you're either gay or you like sport? It, it, do you think that maybe happens over here? I think that I've know several people at school that maybe were pigeonholed based on their sexuality. Um, I do feel like that's a stereotype that exists over here. Obviously, it's not as it's not persecuted as much over here. But do you think that exists in the UK still?
2: I absolutely think so. I mean, if you if you think of role models within sort of professional sport, the overwhelming majority of LGBT role models are female and I think without those role models it's very very easy to to pigeonhole particularly gay men into a certain stereotype because there just isn't the enough role models or enough um sort of enough figureheads to actually break down those stereotypes
1: yeah completely agree I mean I'm sure it's better now than it was 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago but I think the stereotype does still exist I think having clubs like ours and Grace's is part of the, the process of breaking down those stereotypes you know within cricket anyway that you know people will play against us and realize well actually you know People who's part of the LGBTQ community can actually play cricket. Um, you you can do both. You can be a sports person, um, play cricket, uh, play any sport, be good at that sport, be involved in that sport. You know, go along and support and watch and things like that. So it does still exist, and I think for many people growing up now, you know, sport feels a bit like uh, the last frontier kind of thing for LGBTQ inclusion, um, and progress is being made but there's still some way to go.
0: On the female role model thing as well, it it's the same with football, I suppose, but it does appear that majority of um, homosexual players that we see are female players. I mean, um, I've got in my notes uh, the Siver Brunts, that wedding uh, in the summer. That was a brilliant um, celebration of women's cricket, of cricket, of LGBTQ plus rights. And I think as well, that's... I mean, I'm not sure whether I'd want to play in the same team as my partner. I don't know whether I'd enjoy that very much, no matter what gender they were. Um, I can't imagine if you drop 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 a catch off of uh, your partner's bowling, it's the best thing to come home to that night. Uh, but that's that's up to them. It's, if they want to play in the same team together, that's up to them. Um, but I think that's that that's the main takeaway from that relationship. Uh, and I don't remember seeing anyone commenting at all about that when it happened other than just positive things. Obviously, you've got Twitter and I didn't scroll too far down onto Twitter because I try and avoid that now because um, it is a bit of a cesspit at points. Um, but did you find in the summer when, when that happened that it was mostly taken as a positive thing? Um, I didn't see too much negativity about it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, as you say, if you, if you wanted to... Delve into Twitter. I'm, I'm sure you would have found some negativity there, but I think broadly it was very positive. And and that whole, uh, you know, the whole event, the whole wedding, and then everything that happened with women's cricket in the summer with the Commonwealth Games and things like that, and the other LGBTQ players who are part of um, part of that and the hundred and, and and women's cricket more broadly. I, I think generally has been received really positively, which has been really nice. You know, to have two high profile players like that. Uh, get married uh, and be so open about who they are, I think it's a really positive role model for uh, LGBTQ
2: people in cricket. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, I think there's very, very few times you get in professional sport when you can make an example of something in a positive light, particularly amongst LGBTQ plus communities. Um, I think often examples are made of, of something negatively because you want to el- eradicate something and actually having something that you can put on a pedestal such as, as that wedding, it just means that actually it just makes it okay. It just makes it seem normal. That, yeah, you've got yeah. these married players they just happen to be married to each other.
0: Yeah, I think I, that makes total sense. And it's I know what you mean about positive uh, images and things like that because especially with Twitter. I mean, as I say, it is mostly just negativity, isn't it? Um, And I suppose the most difficult thing is how do you put something uh, as a positive spin when you're fighting for equality? You're not fighting for better. You're fighting for it to just be normal. It's not something that's easy to highlight because it's meant to just be the same as everyone else. Um, And actually, I don't think we see how much of an achievement it is that how things have changed in the past, even thirty years, I think. Yeah, um,
1: agreed. And, and and you're right. I mean, having that visibility is fantastic. Making it normal, like Matt was saying, is is fantastic. You know, if you see, you know, any of the England men's players with their wives or girlfriends, um, or they're getting married or whatever it might be, yeah, that's totally normal as it should be. You know, um, mm. and so it should be the same for um, Catherine and Nat or, or any any other LGBTQ. Cricketers that are out there who do get married or get together, and, and it was it was such refreshing, positive. And I think I think you know, despite the negativity on platforms like Twitter, I I, I think it was there was much more positive um, mm. messaging and vibes out there than there were negative, which was great to see.
2: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wegovy or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
0: I suppose the the, other, the only question I have really, and I think you answered it a bit earlier, Matt, with going on holiday to Dubai places like that, is do you think that LGBTQ plus people would feel comfortable going to some of the countries that host cricket or whether it's somewhere that would be avoided? Are there places that are perhaps easier to go to, such as, I don't know, whether the West Indies is somewhere that's more accessible for um, the community or whether it's everywhere's off limits? Um I don't know if you have any stories. Anyone that's maybe gone on holidays, places like this, or
1: um, from from my perspective. So, I've 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 been on work trips to some of these countries. I've not I've not been there to watch cricket, but I've been there on work trips. And what I what I would say is, when when you're LGBTQ plus, you have to make a decision before you board that plane if you're going to go about how you're going to present yourself. Um, what information you might be willing to divulge or not divulge, depending on you know, who, who you're travelling with or the environments you're going to go into. And I think if you're not LGBTQ+, plus, then that sounds very foreign. Like, you know, if, you, if you're if you're going to travel somewhere, which there there is a risk, you know, potentially a risk to your life, um, you, you have to plan, you have to think through what are the implications of what you're doing now. You know I'm, I'm i'm lucky and and matt's probably lucky that you know if we went to countries like that we could probably pass as cisgendered straight guys and you know it wouldn't be a big issue but there's other members of the lgbtq community where that just wouldn't be possible you know there's there's people mm. who don't have that luxury there's people who might be on medications um, so if you're taking medications into another country which might uh, suggest that you might have hiv or um you're on some other kind of hormone therapy or something like that. That can raise questions around uh, for for people at the border, which can uh, be difficult in terms of their safety, their personal safety. So there's lots of things to consider for people. So for me, you know, if I was going to go to some of these countries, um, I would con- I would consider going to some of these places to watch cricket. I mean, I, I don't think Qatar, United Arab Emirates, are places I would go and watch. Uh, cricket but uh, some of the other countries within um, the, the test sort of playing nations I would consider it I don't know if I'd go but I would consider it and if I did go it would take some some planning and some careful thought about how um, how you would navigate that and uh, you know when the inevitable question might come from somebody about whether you're married um, or got a partner whatever it might be how how you going to respond to that so it it is something that you do have to think about and you know, it may end up preventing me from ever going to some of these countries to watch to watch cricket, which would be a shame because I'd love to go and watch cricket in all of these countries. But mm. there are things that you have to think about.
2: Yeah, well, I think it it comes down to I think that point that was made earlier was you cannot go to these places as a member of the LGBTQ plus community and a cricket fan. You have you go to those places as a cricket fan first, and then. You you have to stay as a cricket fan. That's the reason that you've gone there is for cricket. You almost have to stick to. It's almost like an alibi, really, that you have to stick to as that's your way of of being there. You're there for cricket. You cannot say any other reason. Um, otherwise you're risking your own safety at times.
0: Really, eye opening because it's not something that I think many people realize. In the thing about medication, a moment ago, I wouldn't even cross your mind if you hadn't pre-thought about it really and having to think about stories like oh I've got a wife and three kids or whatever you might have to just make that up just to get by for the day that's not something you'd even consider doing um maybe it's something that a lot of people in the UK still do as well um well I'm sure it is I'm sure I've heard of people who who have done that when they've been in the UK um thankfully it's not something that you'd necessarily have to worry about so much at home but I mean I mean Ben Stokes is a perfect example, the thing he came across in Bristol outside a nightclub one night and he had to, that was a street in the UK and that was one night and I'm sure that happens every night in the UK unfortunately um, so we've talked about boycotting certain places, not being able to go certain places what would you suggest that maybe the ICC or the cricket councils should do um, I know before, teams wouldn't tour South Africa because of apartheid. Is it something you'd consider, well, it is important enough, I'm sure. Is it something you think that could potentially happen or should happen?
2: I I personally wouldn't say something like that. I wouldn't suggest a boycott. I, I look at the, for example, the Joe Root comment that he made in the West Indies um, about whether it's acceptable to be gay or using it as an insult. If you'd have boycotted a tour, something like that would never have happened. So you can't, I think you have to, and it's, I think it's the same with, with the, the World Cup in Qatar. You have to go through these places to highlight the issues. Because if you just boycott it, then yes, it makes a statement that you don't want to be there. But it doesn't necessarily address the issue. It more just highlights, okay, there is an issue, and, but doesn't necessarily do anything about it. It just kind of dissociates yourself away from trying to make that issue something that you can conquer Um I think it's one thing addressing an issue or, or one thing highlighting an issue and another thing actually taking that stand to do something about it rather than just disassociate yourself from it and um, so I think personally I would disagree with boycotting places because I think sport has a huge ability to change people's attitudes and without that you don't you miss out on those opportunities to put those those things at the forefront of, of people's TV screens or or wherever they may be around the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the thing I'd say about the ICC is maybe the ICC should just actually say something to start with. I mean, the ICC are just pretty silent on these issues. Um, so, FIFA, rightly or wrongly, and perhaps I haven't handled it particularly well, have tried to engage somewhat around these issues. I, I think it's been pretty I'm boring. not
0: sure about... I'm not sure about Infantino's comments. Whether no, no,
1: exactly, like just... as, as, yeah. <laughs> they were poorly judged. I feel,
0: I feel disabled. I feel gay. Yes. It like how is that a, a defense for anything? It makes no sense, does it? It,
1: it, it, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, and you know, it was, it was clumsy and you know, pretty offensive, really. But um you know, FIFA have arguably tried to engage. I don't think the ICC tried to engage at all. And I think trying to engage in some of these conversations might be useful. Um, I'm I'm going to disagree with Matt a bit here. Um, I think I I used to be of the same opinion that I thought going and engaging was useful, but I I feel like um, we we did that with China and the Olympics, and they haven't engaged and things have got worse for many people over there. We did that with Russia, with the Olympics and the uh, Football World Cup, Things have got worse there just in the last couple of days. They've uh, implemented even more draconian laws around the LGBTQ plus community. I'm not convinced it works. I'm not convinced. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm proved wrong with Qatar, but I'm not convinced it works. Um, I believe this is just essentially sports washing and a massive marketing uh, organized, uh, marketing ploy on behalf of uh, countries like that. And, and I think they've shown that with their... Behavior during the tournament that um, they're not really willing to change, and I and I feel like human rights and people, letting people be who they are, should be non-negotiable. And uh, so, yeah, I I don't think cricket can necessarily afford to boycott. So I'm going to contradict myself now, partly because (laughs) if we did. You'd probably have three countries be, left or four countries left yeah, just they playing each w- other. Yeah, really
0: wouldn't be many with that. So, so um,
1: I'd, I'd like the ICC to engage, and I'd like the other cricketing councils to engage and and you know talk about these things, um, which I don't think they really do. And, and maybe that's the place to start with cricket, and maybe we can see some gradual change.
2: I, I think also, there's also there is that argument is that fine balance, isn't there, between whether that country is deemed appropriate or deemed in the same brand as or the same bracket as some other countries and growing the game globally. And I think you would you would never ever host something in Afghanistan, for example, but without having that the way cricket has been in the last few years, you've now got Afghanistan as one of the major leading countries in world cricket. Yes. yes you could you could argue say UAE as well that they're represented in, in many World Cup scenarios not just as hosts but you could argue if they weren't hosts they probably would have qualified through their own right anyway um and without without sport being or cricket being the way that it is you wouldn't be able to grow the game in, in the way that it has as well you would be limited to just the test playing nations really yeah, yeah that's
1: true that is true.
0: I, I did some counting earlier, and of the ten test player nations, five have got anti-LGBTQ+ laws. <laughs> so yeah. you would literally have a handful of teams. Um, yeah, and that yeah, it's just, it is, and this is this is why I thought about the podcast because it got me thinking. I was I'm sure cricket's got a few countries that are like that, and you realise in cricket it's almost a majority. It is almost a majority. So that was internationals, I would now, we were talking a moment ago, Matt mentioned the Joe Root comment. Um, Shannon Gabriel made a a homophobic uh, sledge uh, in in a tour to the West Indies a few years back. And Joe Root stood up to him on the stump mic. I don't know if he knew he was on the stump mic and said, don't use it as an insult. There's nothing wrong with being gay. I loved that moment. I'm sure I wasn't on Twitter at the time, but I'm sure that that blew up Um, and possibly... You don't see it in many other sports, mainly because there's no st- stump mics. But it got me thinking about sledging and especially sort of in um, club cricket and things like that. I know when I was at school, there was a huge push to stop using the word gay as an insult. And we had a, we actually had a list on our wall of every classroom of different words you could use instead of calling something gay. Because it was pretty lazy and it was actually something that most people did as standard was just, that's so gay. And it's not creative and it doesn't make any sense anyway. Um, Have you noticed perhaps a change around the club cricket circuit in the last few years at all, especially with the formation of Graces and Unicorns?
2: Um, Arguably, yes, in in a sense of particularly opposition sides are very, very wary of what they say. Um, I also play um for for another club where I am the only um out player, and you see it in those circumstances where it's not a specific team that has lg that you are aware has lgbt players in it um the the phrase is like six or gay that's still something that is always heard and not just by matches it can be in nets you can hear teenagers saying it to each other um I think that's something that yes if you are a a club that forms based on your sexuality I think people are very wary of what they say but if that's not necessarily known and you think it's just two generic club sides I think that is I think it's part and parcel of the way people speak to each other in cricket and I don't think it's ever been addressed because there's never really been those people out there to address it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean I'm a bit like Matt, you know, I played for Unicorns, but I also played League Cricket for another club in Birmingham. Um, you know, for Unicorns, we've, we've not had any issues um, as as Unicorns Cricket Club, you know, with our opposition, for the sort of same reasons I expect that Matt's just talked about. Uh, you do hear some homophobic or biphobic or transphobic banter, um, like six or gay. I must admit, I'm lucky I, I haven't heard six or gay for a couple of years. Um, it's, it's been probably pre-pandemic when I last heard that. Uh, but those types of slogans, you know, that, that type of lazy language is still part of the game. And I think Matt's right, that it's not, it's really not being um, addressed in a structured way. So I'm sure there's, you know, there are pockets of good practice of, you know, coaches, clubs, things like that, who, who will, you know, talk about this stuff with their players, but it's not really done in a coordinated way. Uh, way you know where we're, we're trying to work with ECB and um, other stakeholders in cricket now to, to look at that you know how can we address this in a more uh, structured way to, to help get that message across the whole game that, that kind of language um, is you know it's not banter it's it is homophobic or transphobic or whatever it might be and honestly it's, it's just it's just lazy it's just as you said Stephen you know it's 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 a really Often it's a really lazy term or phrase that's thrown out. Um, And we can do better than that. I I think everybody can do
2: better Mm. than that. Yeah. I I think it also stems down to things like the Rainbow Laces campaign. I think, personally speaking, as much as it's very, very good to highlight visibility, I'm not entirely sure what the impact of Rainbow Laces actually is. I think it, it just... Yes, it's very good to to have those things and to to create that visibility. But in terms of challenging stereotypes and encouraging more people to come out, I'm not necessarily sure it does. I think it just kind of just highlights the people that, who are already out and in the game as opposed to encouraging more people to come out.
1: Yeah, I think that's mm. fair. I think that's fair. I mean, it's good, isn't it? I mean, we want to have it. It's important. But it feels like it's maybe for cricket at the moment and, and in the in recent years they felt like rainbow laces was the thing to do and it's great do it but there's a bigger there's other pieces to the jigsaw that we need to be putting in place in order to make cricket as inclusive as possible and enable other people to come out both at the recreational game and then you know hopefully at uh, professional levels as well
0: always talk about the spirit of cricket which we all know doesn't exist really um but also as well it's such a gentlemanly in air quotes gentleman's game do you think that can hold people back a bit do do you think that maybe people get a bit set in their ways with terminology and and inclusivity and things like that that it's for a certain type of person maybe
2: I, i think there's definitely some scope in that um I, I do think that the spirit of the game, yes, it, it keeps games to to a very good sort of level of behaviour, but doesn't necessarily allow people that opportunity to speak out about something. Mm. I think in, in sports where there is that little bit more freedom to, to say what you, you want or say what you, you think, it gives you the opportunity to actually say, do you know what, no, that is wrong. And I think with the spirit of cricket, I think... You you're encouraged to to be so nice to each other that actually you don't have that that level of brashness to, to speak out about something. You just kind of carry on because of the spirit of the game.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a it really interesting point, Stephen, and, and it's not something i have thought about that much. But I think there's you know, I think there might be something in it. But I think there's something around what Matt you were just saying around the spirit of cricket, where it's almost like if people it makes, it makes it easier for people to resist change because, you know, this is the way we've always done it. It's, it's you know, that's, that's the spirit of cricket. You know, we're all nice to each other, but, you know, being nice to each other is great. But, you know, I'd argue we're probably not always nice to each other out on the cricket field. Um, but I do wonder if that sort of contributes to a resistance in, to change things within cricket. So as Matt was sort of saying, you know, to be able to speak out, I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to speak to a couple of people who, are, you know, reasonably, you know, reasonably senior coaches in in England um, at you know coaching at professional level, and I was just saying to them that it feels like there's still such an inertia at times within the game to change, and and that's not just around LGBTQ plus um, rights, that's you know about inclusion more generally or just the game more generally. It feels like there's a resistance, and you know, maybe some of that is tied up in that sort of language and spirit of cricket an interesting
2: perspective yeah, yeah I think the, the terminology as well in cricket is is very misogynistic I mean it's only taken the last couple of years to stop referring to players as batsmen and actually referring them to batter but you think of all the, the fielding terms as yes. as well as so many other little bits night watchman for example these are they're all terms that are um, attached to a certain stereotype and mm. Uh, whether that's LGBTQ+, plus or whether it's sexism, whether it's disabilities, there is that that very much that this is the way cricket has always been. And because that's attached so globally into the history of the sport, people just carry on using it. Mm. I think they're, they're, there's definitely a lot of scope where you can actually say, do you know what, we, we can make this more gender neutral, or we can make this more accessible in terms of labelling things that don't necessarily need to be labelled.
0: Mm very true yeah the batter one is something that when we we first started this podcast uh in its first form i think a couple of maybe a couple of weeks after the batter term came in so it was something that we had to learn to to Well, everyone had to stop using it i plenty of people were using the term batter before anyway but um yeah, i think for the first sort of month you kept catch yourself going batsman and then you sort of change it and now you hear i do get fed up because you all you hear on the radio and on tv commentary is batsmen all the time and you just think come on I, i think in the pakistan series this week i've heard a few senior commentators actually change to batter for the first time i've seen a few tweets saying they're finally saying it um so it's only taken a year but um that's that's an achievement in itself actually that it's only taken a year for certain things to change because i know exactly what you mean i think cricket can be the slowest change in sport and for something that's got more formats than you can count and every world cup's a different format it still doesn't really change does it <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> that's true we do have a lot of formats and a lot of different tournaments <laughs> to encompass all of those formats so in some respects it's uh, very progressive and changing and in respects, it doesn't seem to change at all
0: It's been absolutely fascinating, actually. I didn't realise how much I was going to learn uh, speaking to you both this evening. Um, It's been brilliant having you both on and we'd love to have you back um, in the future. Uh, Just tell us very quickly, uh, if a new member's welcome, are there winter
2: nets going on at both your teams? Absolutely. So, uh, Grace's, um, we do our winter nets in February and March. We do midweeks at Lord's. Um, and so yeah, we're more than welcome for for any new members to come along. Um, we play fixtures from right from early April right the way through into October. Um, so just search for for Grace's Cricket Online, and you'll be able to see our website or our Play Cricket website. And um, we're always welcome to any new member.
1: Yeah, and and same for us. You know, we we will welcome anyone, whatever their cricketing ability or experience, uh, whether they're part of the LGBTQ plus community or an ally. Our nets will start in the middle of January and run until the end of March uh, and we play games from sort of the end of April to early September but definitely new members welcome. Again, uh, just Google Birmingham Unicorns. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, Facebook. And we have a website as well and you can send us a message through there if you want to find out more
0: amazing thank you so much for coming on and uh hopefully we'll see you again in the future cheers
2: sports social podcast network
0: judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumpercasino.com.
1: it's my little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy